Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Germantown Presbyterian Church. Welcome, one and all, to this service of worship. It is a delight to welcome everybody to this house of worship this morning on this beautiful late spring day. Welcome, one and all. Welcome also if you're worshiping with us online. If you're coming to us through the church uh, website or through Facebook, we are delighted also that you're worshiping with us, and we want to welcome everybody worshiping online with us. And we know, of course, that you can download today's bulletin. You can see that on the church website. Download a copy of the bulletin. You can follow along with us during our worship service, and you can participate with all of the various parts, and you can be part of this congregation, whether you're here in person or whether you're worshiping at home, we'll all be one congregation united by God's Spirit. On this day of Pentecost, you will see our red banners, of course. You'll see us wearing red. Uh, Red is the color of fire and flame. And we think about Pentecost Sunday and what happened to those first disciples in that first church when the Holy Spirit came and enabled them to spread the message of God's love around the world. So welcome to worship on this day of Pentecost. So I know we're sort of navigating with a few more seats needed in here. And so if you need to stand up and come get that chair over there, for example, or there's, I think, an empty one right here, um, that we've got some empty chairs that we can have people come and get. And that's not a problem. If you want to sit on the stage, you can, (laughs) but you don't have to. So we've got empty chairs right here that you can pick up and move around if you need to. Anytime, let's, uh, let's let everybody have a comfortable seat on this Pentecost Sunday. So uh, welcome, one and all. Please sign our online friendship pad if you are worshiping with us at home. There's a tab on the website. You can click on that, put your name there, and uh, put your email address. We've had some visitors sign in for that friendship pad. Some new members are coming along to the church through that online friendship pad. And we love seeing the names and uh, picture the faces of all of those who are worshiping with us online. So please sign the online friendship pad that you'll see there on the website. See the uh, baby rose here on our baptismal font this morning. We are so delighted to welcome into the world Beckett Knox Scroggin, who is the son of Eileen and Steele Scroggin. He has an older brother, Lincoln Scroggin, and so we wish uh, them great joy and great happiness during this time. Please do lift up uh, little baby Knox and, and lift up Beckett Knox and pray for him and pray for his parents, pray for their whole family and uh, share in the joy with them on his birth into the world. Also, a very special welcome to uh, some guests who have come to us from afar, and that is uh, the family of Mike Lyle who are in town. They came in town to surprise him this week, and so... We're grateful for their presence with us. Thank you for sharing Mike and Francesca with us. They came in to surprise him on his 31st birthday, which is today, in fact. So so we're grateful for your birthday. Celebrate with you. Celebrate your presence here with us. We hope this is the first of many, 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 many more visits to the greater Germantown Memphis area. So welcome on this day of worship. Come back this evening, friends, for evening worship at 6 o'clock. It will be here in our AC again for our evening blended worship service. We invite everybody to come back in person or online for the 6 o'clock worship service this evening. Also out on the table, you'll see uh, flyers like this for our youth programming for the summer. And you can see summer 2021, some really fun events in June and July 
for, uh, for all of our youth, and so we hope that you'll pick up one of these, and we hope that you'll participate in as many or all of them as you can for our youth programming for this summer. Thank you, Noel Wilkins, for a wonderful Amplify program on Thursday. That's the great program we have, the music program that runs through our program year for our special needs population, and it was a great performance on Thursday and here, led by Noel Wilkins and, of course, Jackie Klassen and a team of volunteers. I'm seeing several of them here this morning. Thank you for a fantastic performance on Thursday. We look forward to the Wacky Wednesday VBS for our special needs friends that will be this summer on Wednesdays, and then the programming uh, Amplify will pick back up in the fall. But thank you, Noel, for a great program this past week. Communications and technology. This uh, committee of the session is um, asking everyone to fill in a survey. You may have received an email of this survey. There are paper copies over here about uh, how effectively we communicate as a church to you and among each other. And we're interested in your feedback. So if you haven't filled in the electronic version, you can fill in the paper version that you'll find over here on the table and then you can uh, put that into the church office, you can mail it in, and we'll fill it out electronically for you, and we just want to communicate better and better as a congregation, and that will help us as we move into the summer and the fall. There are lots of other announcements that you'll see in your bulletin this morning, and uh, please do pay attention to those, see those announcements, and, uh, and you'll be able to find some place for you or your family to plug into the life of GPC and, and indulge me for just a few more minutes as I take a few minutes to explain uh, what our diaconate and session, what our deacons and elders decided last Thursday night regarding our own church's COVID recovery and response. And it will take just a minute or two, but I want to start by making an analogy that you find in Scripture that compares the church to a boat. And you see this in the Old Testament in places like Noah's Ark and then other theologians in the Old Testament and the New Testament and the early church pick up on this image of a boat to describe what Jesus' church is like. And you see it in several miracle stories in the New Testament where the disciples are in the boat together and they're moving through the sea and Jesus comes to them. All of these analogies, the, a boat became an analogy for the early church in the first centuries of the church's life. So my best analogy to explain what we've been doing here at GPC over the last year is that we've been trying to navigate through totally unknown, unchartered waters on a very dark night. And it's, we've been going by feel, by prayer, by listening to experts, talking to infectious disease doctors. We've included, of course, for us as Christians, the highest law the law of love toward God and toward neighbor. We've been praying, thinking, um, talking to, to several of you, listening to feedback, all these different things to try to navigate the boat that is GPC through these totally unknown waters that we've never been in before at night. <laughs> and there are no stars to guide us. So we have been listening and, and praying about all of this. And, and one thing we've been doing has been listening to scientists, to experts, as they have been telling us, uh, guiding us on what to do as far as infectious disease goes. We've also been listening to social scientists who talk about what isolation does and what wearing a mask does for people 
and how it isolates them and what it's like not to shake somebody's hand, what it's like not to embrace somebody, that is incredibly difficult and we're not created to wear masks and to, to uh, not hug and embrace. But we've been listening and navigating in all these different terminologies. And, and in our congregation, we have leaders, ministers, elders, deacons, congregation members who can see those smooth waters and say, look, we have got to move through those as fast as possible to get to the other side of this and to return some, to some normalcy. And then we've had others who say, much more cautious, and they've said, look, you, that water may look smooth, but you have no idea what rocks are underneath that water, and if you move too fast through them, you're going to hit them and capsize. And so we've been trying to, to go this middle path between, between moving through maybe quickly and and to some normalcy, but also listening to the very cautious voices among us, trying to navigate through all of this. So here's where we are now as of last Thursday night. Um, We've been listening to the CDC. We've been listening to the Shelby County Health Department. And so last, uh, a week ago Friday, the CDC and the Health Department lifted what they call the mask mandates. And if you've been fully vaccinated, then you do not need to wear a mask and you do not need to social distance. And there are some caveats and there are some, some uh, clauses that are some exceptions to that. But the general rule is if you've been fully vaccinated, then you don't need to wear a mask and you don't need to social distance. Uh, Ger- Germantown Municipal Schools and Collierville Municipal Schools have lifted their mask mandates for their students. So we're going to, after prayer and discussion, we're going to follow what those scientists and what those mandates and what those guidelines say, that if you've been fully vaccinated, then you don't need to wear a mask and you don't need to social distance starting June the 6th. (laughs) So several people were just right... (laughs) And, and honestly, that's just, a, that's just different leaders with different viewpoints trying others saying, let's do it today. If the CDC said today, let's do it today. Others say, but wait, we've been cautious before. Let's love our neighbors. Plus, we do need a little bit of time as a staff and as a congregation to, uh, to, um, to try to figure out what this means for meetings and meals and things like that. So not today, obviously not next Sunday, but fully vaccinated. You, you know that you get the drill now. And let me say this as well, we also know that there are people among us who will still need to wear a mask, that we've got some folks for whom the vaccination has not taken. Um, There are some folks, they have vulnerable family members that live with them, some elderly folks, and they're going to be around some folks who may be vulnerable. So this is a judgment-free zone, no questions asked. If you need to wear a mask, want to wear a mask, then keep on wearing a mask. Please do. That's, That's absolutely acceptable. There'll be some children who need to keep on wearing a mask, and and we're going to make sure everybody understands that's absolutely, perfectly acceptable. But give us a couple more weeks, two weeks from today, and then we will, um, we're not really socially distanced much now, but we'll uh, not space out the clumps of chairs, and we won't wear masks unless you need to. And, And look, nobody, we will not have our big, burly bouncer ushers at the door checking people's car. It's an honor system deal. We're not going to check if people have been vaccinated or not, but uh, that's kind of where we are now. And last but not least, we talked a lot about this last Thursday night, and then we talked some more, and then we prayed, and then we talked some more. 
um, there'll be lots of questions. And immediately people will ask, well, what about this class or this scenario or this scenario? And my answer is going to be, I don't know. But let's just see how we might apply the guidelines to that. So we couldn't think through every possible scenario. But we'll talk and think through and try to navigate through this together. And that's where we are. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to ask. And please don't hesitate to give us a call, either one of us, any deacon or elder, and we'll try to help walk through all of this together. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's quit announcing and let's start worshiping. (laughs) Let us worship God. God invites us into a time of worship and praise. God calls us to join with others in the body of Christ to sing of God's holiness and love. Please stand and join me in the call of worship. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is this vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. God looks at the earth and it trembles. He touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May the message be pleasing to the Lord in whom I rejoice.
Jesus came into the world to reconcile us to God and to one another. Out of need for grace, let us confess our sin together. Let us pray. Holy Spirit of God, convict us of our sin and convince us of your love. We need your help to see our sin because usually we are blind to it. Even when we do acknowledge our greed, idolatry, and interprets, we rationalize them away as inconsequential. In our mercy, please forgive us. We need your help also to accept your mercy. Overwhelm us with your grace and warm our hearts with your love. With your Holy Spirit alive in us, we can live in Christ's followers and love our neighbors as ourselves. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God has mercy on us through Jesus Christ, through Christ's obedience and death. We have forgiveness. Through his resurrection, we have new life before God. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you and also with you. As our children come forward for the children's sermon, please greet those around you with a sign of God's peace. Good morning, boys and girls. How's everybody doing today? It is good to see a few folks back this morning. I'm very excited about that. So I have a, um, a, something important in my bag, and I have a few of them I'm going to share with you. And you know what these are. What? A cross. And we see, I have some different ones that I brought from my house. Raise your hand if you have different crosses around your house. Yes? You have a metal one? Yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of different crosses. You may see um, a cross on a bookmark or on a keychain. You may see crosses in your house. Um, the cross helps us to remember about who. Jesus. 
And it helps us to remember that Jesus did a hard thing for us. He died on the cross, and it was a difficult thing. Um, but when he did that, we can have life with him forever. And that's what our, when we see a cross, it is a good reminder of. And Jesus had some words about the cross. He says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you may, must turn from your selfish ways and take up your cross and follow me. And sometimes that means we have to put other people first or we have to do something a little bit hard that we don't want to do. But when we see that cross, we remember what Jesus did for us, that it was hard, but we can have everlasting life when we follow him and when we love him and when we trust in him. So that's what I want you to remember when you see your crosses around your house or around in the church or just when you're driving around, you may see some and it's just a, such a good reminder. Will you all bow your head with me and let's say um, a prayer to God, okay? Can you repeat after me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die on the cross. Help us to take our cross and follow him. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good job. Church family, thank you for your birthday well wishes. I was telling the staff earlier, there are a few birthdays more benign than 31. <laughs> but you know, the, the, the greatest gift is being together with family, especially now more than other family of faith, family and blood. So thank you. Let us pray. Oh God, it's so good to be together. It's good to be together with you. So on this holy day where we celebrate the birthday of your church, we ask that you would send your word forth as you love to do. Plant it deep in our hearts and speak to us with words that you know that we need to hear. Please speak, Holy Spirit, for we, your servants, are listening. Amen. The first scripture passage that we're going to sit with for just a few moments is taken from the book of Acts the second chapter, and it begins with the first verse. So hear these words. So when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And then divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them 
and a tongue rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit had given them ability. Now, they were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. So at this, at this sound, the crowd gathered and they were bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, the crowd asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in our own language? Parthians and Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and even the parts of Lebanon belonging to Cyrene. And of course, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs in our own languages. We hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. So all were amazed and they were perplexed. And they were saying to each other, what does this mean? But others sneered and they said, they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, he raised his voice and he addressed them and said, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I got to say. Indeed, these aren't drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, it will be, God declares, that I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women in these days, I'll pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I'll show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall not be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Here ends our first reading. Our second reading is also about the Holy Spirit. It comes from the book of Romans. Paul writes these words in Romans 8. Starting in verse 22, we know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly, while we wait for adoption, for the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, then we wait for it with patience. 
Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. I know you know what it's like to wait for something, to wait for something that you've ordered, for example, until it finally arrives. We're getting more and more used to instant next day delivery that sometimes we forget what it's like to anticipate something, something you order for your house or a phone or a car, some product that you want. That's one type of waiting. And even a more emotional type of waiting is for a person, for some person to arrive. When that person comes, there's great joy, there's great relief, some kind of an event to come that is so wonderful. You've been waiting for forever. Like a lot of people in here, we've had a recent graduation in our house. The whole purpose of college, of course, is crystallized into that moment when the dean calls your name and you walk across the stage and the president hands you that diploma that you have worked for and earned for four years or so. Now, there's a lot of other great things that will happen between the day you matriculate and then the day you graduate, but the whole purpose, the whole point is to walk across that stage and receive that diploma. Several years ago, when Susan's first cousin was graduating from Vanderbilt, the dean read the names of each graduate, and then, like at every other graduation, if that graduate had assumed a certain academic rank, then they would have words said after their name, like cum laude, which means with distinction, or magna cum laude, or summa cum laude, which means with great distinction. When Susan's first cousin graduated, there were no Latin words spoken after her name, but when her name was read from way back in the crowd, Everybody heard these words exclaimed from her mother, Susan's aunt, after she came across the stage, thank the Laude. <laughs> Sometimes you just barely get to that milestone, but there's great joy, there's great anticipation, great relief when that moment arrives. What great moment, what a great relief, what joy and excitement comes after the anticipation, especially when it involves a person. A person who has been gone for a long time. Someone you haven't seen for a long time. You see this on social media, for example, about someone for, who's been deployed and been overseas for a couple of years. And they come home and you see this scene of great joy and excitement. I remember our good friend, Mr. Boyd Mays, who some of you knew, some of you didn't know. He was a long, long time church member who died last year in his 90s. And he was describing for me the moment when he came home to his beloved Martha Nell after being serving overseas in the Second World War for a couple of years, he said, I didn't even have words to describe the joy of what it was like to see her and her family again. Now that helps us put the pandemic in a little bit of perspective, but it has been hard, of course, all of us. It's been hard to be divided and, and, and separated from each other. And they're incredible feelings that people have when they see fellow church members again 
for the first time, sometimes in over a year. And, and I've watched you, I watch you now shake hands and embrace, and it's quite moving. And you see people that you haven't seen in over a year. I was invited very kindly to a fellowship event the other night, uh, on Friday night, and to see this fellowship group. And they've, some of them spent years together building up friendships and, and welcoming new people in, but building up friendships and then not to see each other for so long, but then to be back together is moving. It is quite emotional, the thawing out of this long pandemic freeze. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting to come home again to church, haven't we? Waiting so long for that. And we hope by June 30th, the sanctuary will be finished and we'll be back really in our, our sanctuary and our home for this church, we hope, to wait and wait and wait. Well, the New Testament is clear that those first disciples, they waited with great anticipation for this day, for the Pentecost day, the, the day the Holy Spirit came to the early church. They waited for this because Jesus said to them, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Wait, wait, wait patiently for the Holy Spirit. It's really fascinating to, to look back into these texts and to see that the Holy Spirit came to them in a very dramatic way. In this great rush of wind, this mighty fire, tongues of fire and wind, it was just dramatic, overwhelming of those disciples when the Holy Spirit came to them. Now Jesus promised, promised that the Spirit would come. And so they waited in that in-between time, between when Jesus left them and before the Holy, before the Holy Spirit came, they waited and they waited, and they waited. So let's talk about Pentecost and this morning and the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God and who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does for us as, as a corporate body and as individuals. Scripture has some amazing things to say about the Holy Spirit. You, you do look back, for example, in the Gospels like John, and you see where Jesus had promised the Holy Spirit to come. One of the main places was at the Last Supper. Jesus is there gathered around with His disciples. Jesus is teaching them, and He starts to teach them about the Holy Spirit. But then He takes a diversion and then starts to teach them about love. And at the end of this section of teaching, He comes back to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, love, Holy Spirit. All there in John 14 in the Last Supper. So think about what's going on there. Of course, they love Jesus as their, their friend, their teacher, their master. Jesus loves them as his disciples. He says, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. And he goes on these excursive teachings about love. And then Jesus connects their love for each other with God's love. And he says that we love each other because God loves me and I love you and you love God. And that their whole ability of, to love comes first and foremost from God, and then they're able to share love with each other. And then talking about love, Jesus then goes immediately into a promise that the Holy Spirit will come. Wait for the Spirit. Wait for the Spirit. You see, what's happening here at the Last Supper, and then we see it unfold in the rest of the New Testament, what's happening here is that Jesus makes this connection, this binding together of the Holy Spirit and our desire and our ability to love. The Holy Spirit and our ability to love. It's the Spirit who inspires us to love others in the church. 
It is the Holy Spirit that brings to us an ability to love that does not come naturally to us at all. It doesn't come naturally at all, the type of love that Jesus is talking about. The type of love that the Holy Spirit brings is not natural to us. I mean, there are people that you will naturally, meaning that you will sort of instinctively love. Jesus talks about this in his own ministry. He talks about those people. He says, you will love your good friends, mainly your family. What good is it, though, says Jesus, if you love those who are close to you? Let me teach you about another type of love. And he says that. Everybody loves those who are close to you. Let me teach you about another kind of love. The Holy Spirit brings to us, brings to Christ's followers, to you and me, the desire and the ability to love not just those who are close to us, but to love strangers and even to love enemies. People that we do not want to love. This is an incredible moment in his teaching and then an incredible moment unfolds in the rest of the New Testament. This Holy Spirit who brings to us an ability to love not just those that we naturally love, but those that we might even consider foreign and enemies. So let's think about the Holy Spirit today in two ways. Two dimensions, if you will. Two ways in which the Spirit works. There is the external, public, corporate way. And there is an internal, private, and individual way. And both of these ways of the Holy Spirit are seen in both of these readings. From Acts and from Romans. First, let's think about this external, public, corporate way. You see this in the church's life together. That the Holy Spirit works to inspire love and mercy in a group of people. People who are not naturally related to each other as biological brothers and sisters, but people, as Mike alluded to earlier, who are supernaturally related to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, in this larger family of faith. The Holy Spirit inspires us to love people within the family of faith. Think about what happened to those early disciples. Those first disciples, when the Spirit came, it gave them the ability to speak. It gave them the ability to communicate God's love to other people. It gave them the desire to talk about about Christ to other people in ways that they never could before, to communicate God. This great message of God's love incarnated in Jesus Christ. Suddenly they had this ability to talk about it. To talk about love to people out there, complete strangers. The Spirit came and gave them this mission. To speak to anyone and everyone who would listen to the message of God's love for the world through Jesus Christ. And then you see the Holy Spirit doing this at work in the life of the New Testament church. They started to, for example, feed widows and orphans. It gave them a mission of love. Otherwise, those widows and orphans would have gone hungry. It's a declaration of love to the world. And then, and this is the greatest part, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, people who were naturally enemies toward one another. They didn't like each other. They avoided each other. They stayed away from each other. They were wary of each other. People who were sort of naturally enemies were changed. Changed by the gospel. Jewish and Gentile Christians began to to love and to worship and, and to fellowship and to eat together. 
Greek-speaking people who thought they were sort of philosophically and intellectually wiser and superior totally found themselves humbled and sitting and learning at the feet of fishermen and tent makers. As Ephesians puts it, the dividing walls of hostility that are so often built up between people. The dividing walls of hostility in Ephesians, they were torn down by the Holy Spirit. They crumbled under the power of God's love. So the Holy Spirit works corporately to create a group of people who are not related, but then who begin to relate to one another through love. It happened in the first church among those first believers and... We see it happening right here and now, right in our own church's life among all of these believers. I mean, I know this and you know this. We see it, this love at work in the life of our church. And yeah, we're flawed, we're sinful, we make mistakes, we don't always make the right decisions. But I know that the strongest force for good in the universe, this love of God, it is from God through Christ and it is alive. It is alive and well here at GPC. It's creating friendships and it is uniting hearts and minds together. And if you're new to this church in the last year or two or three, I just want to encourage you to know this, to know that there is a place for you and there are friendships and there are relationships for you where you can feel this almighty power of God's love flowing through you, through the people of this church. I just want to encourage you as we begin to un. Uh, unfold and emerge from this pandemic to, to seek out that place and, and let people invite you and, and accept that and find that place of love and service and friendship in this great, great family of faith. The Holy Spirit provides love. Love in the form of wisdom. And just to visit again our deacons and elders and all those trying to, to pray for and navigate us through this pandemic. We pray, we talk, and we met, and we try to find our way through listening to God's Spirit, looking for wisdom. Looking for wisdom. That's the corporate way. There is this other way. God works in the Holy Spirit in this internal, private, and individual way that is completely unique to you and your life. And in no other person will this Holy Spirit's work be replicated. It's unique to you because no one knows you like the Holy Spirit does. No one knows your grave worries. No one knows your sins and regrets from years ago like the Holy Spirit. No one understands your psychoses and neuroses and anxieties and all of those worries. No one understands that like the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus promised the Holy Spirit at the Last Supper, go back and read that section in John. He uses Two words, two ideas that are so important to describe the Spirit. A counselor, and then in another place, a comforter. A counselor and a comforter. The Holy Spirit promises to give you God's counsel. To give you God's wisdom and you're faced with a choice or a decision or a situation and you just have no idea how to get through it. God promises to give you counsel and advice and help. The Holy Spirit will be that counselor for you, helping you make whatever decision you need to make, guiding you to follow God's will for your life in whatever your unique circumstances are. And the Holy Spirit of God will also comfort you. God will comfort you in ways that no human being ever can. 
Sometimes at night we sit around our den and we'll be watching the Grizzlies or we'll be reading a magazine or a book or something and I'll then drift in my head as sometimes happens and I'll be reading something that disturbs me or more likely thinking about some problem or obstacle in my life or I'll be thinking about a church member who has received a very tough diagnosis recently. I'll be thinking about some family that's, that's facing a huge problem or a crisis, and I will just exhale all the breath out of my lungs. Ugh. And across the room, someone will usually say, well, that was a pretty big sigh. <laughs> a sigh happens when you just lose your breath. You just exhale out of worry all the breath that is in you, and the worst kind happens when you get actually physically blown and, and your breath get knocks, gets knocked out of you. You can't catch your breath. It's like a foretaste of what it feels like to suffocate. The Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God is God coming to you to breathe love and life and hope and comfort back into you when you feel like you are suffocating. All of these ways, look through that Romans reading again, and look at all the ways it mentions that human beings experience and even suffer. While we await for the redemption of our bodies, while we experience weakness, while we worry over family and relationships, while we wrestle with the problems of the world around us that seem so deep and intractable, while we struggle against whatever sins plague you and me, the Holy Spirit of God is there for you and within you. The Holy Spirit brings all of you into the mind of God. Romans 8.26 says it does so in size too deep for words. The actual word there in Greek is groaning. When we try to pray and don't even know what to say to God, when you just find yourself uh, just groaning because of what's going on in your life. The Holy Spirit is already there. The Holy Spirit is groaning and sighing on your behalf before God, seeking the mind and the wisdom of God for you in ways that are totally unique for you and your situation. Friends, on this Pentecost day, we celebrate the Holy Spirit. We celebrate this powerful presence of God that comes into to breathe life and love into a corporate body like our church, into a group of people. We also celebrate this Spirit of God who loves us and guides us and groans for us, individually and corporately. Happy Pentecost. Amen. Friends, having heard the word read and proclaimed, let us respond as we rise in body or spirit and affirm what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. 
he ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. My sisters and brothers, as we come to that time in our worship service where we are blessed to pray for others, I will invite you as we pray to respond. When I say, Lord, in your mercy, you may respond here our prayers. And I will leave a space in the prayers for you to name out loud those that are near and dear to you and to your families and to our community of faith. And so I invite us now in this time to turn to Almighty God through the power of the Holy Spirit in prayer. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love. Send us power. Send us grace. With joy for the gift of the Holy Spirit, together let us pray for the well-being of the church, the world, and all those in need, saying, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you for the wonder that erupted on the day of Pentecost, for the birth of the church, for the gifts of amazement and challenge for all the witnesses whose lives have been altered by your power alive in the world. We thank you for the many peoples of this earth whose visions differ, whose languages offer special insights, ways of worship and compassion. We thank you, Almighty God, for the earth through whose creatures we see your love in whose winds we remember the coming of the Spirit, we thank you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you for the movement of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives each and every day. We thank you for the marvel of new visions, the wisdom of prophetic words, and the prayers of our great high priest. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. God of wisdom, may your fire burn in the leaders of all nations so that each one will seek your guidance before each decision and action they take. Where there is violence and warfare, may there be peace. Especially, we pray for your peace in Gaza and Jerusalem today. Where there is hunger and thirst, may your strength, perseverance, comfort, and courage abide with those who suffer. May they be blessed with food and clean water, shelter, equity, and justice. 
where there are storms of nature and in our own lives, may there be calm, sunshine, and blue skies. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of healing for those in our own families and our community of faith who suffer in any way today, hear us now as we name them before you. Lord God, surround all of these that we have named out loud and those that we have kept in our hearts, for we know that they are all known to you. And bless each one with all that they need for this day. Holy Spirit, blow wild and free through each one of us, using us as your vessels to protect the health and well-being of all people to provide for those in need, to be the hands and feet, the voice and the very presence of Christ in the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And hear us now as we come before you with both humility and boldness and gather all of our voices into one voice and pray together the very prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. My friends, all that we have and all that we are are gifts to us from Almighty God. And so let us now, with great joy and generosity, give back to God through the giving of our tithes and our offerings. If you're worshiping with us in person, you'll find the offering tray right here by the door as you leave. And if you're worshiping with us online, you can go to the giving tab on our website and you can find many different ways to give to the work of God's church called into being on this day of Pentecost. Praise be to God and thank you. Joys that dwell above. 
Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for we have opened our hands to you and you have filled them with good things. We rejoice in the gift of your Holy Spirit that ignites the desire in our hearts to seek you. Receive the gifts we bring in gratitude for your care for us and help us to bless you with the dedication of our lives. Through Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, amen.
Christian friends, keep alert, stand firm, be courageous and strong, and let everything you do be done in love. Go out into this world to love and serve the Lord. Go out to love and serve your neighbors as yourself. And as you go, may the grace of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon you and dwell in your heart and in your mind forever. Amen. Amen.